Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Vox. That's V-O-X-X, Human Performance Technology. And what is Vox? What we're looking at is wellness and lifestyle socks, insoles, and 24-hour wearable neuro patches. And Brian, I've actually worn these socks before, and I love them. Okay, I think they're great. Yeah, so that you know they have um, independent studies that show that they've uh, or, or, you know can help increase stamina, endurance, and recovery, and and uh, you know some stability, and uh, you know a whole lot more. So we've got information on this on our website. Uh, so definitely go and check that out at twofitcrazies dot com under uh, podcast sponsor tabs. Who else are we sponsored by? Christine Conti. We are also sponsored by Conti Fitness, the best in online and personal training. A little mindset coaching as well, yoga, whatever you need, contifitness.net. As well as High Five Health and Fitness. So we create positive change in your life with online health coaching from High Five Health and Fitness. That's highfivehealthandfitness.com. Again, all this and more on our uh, podcast sponsor tab on the Two Fit Crazies website. Go check it out. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Happy 100th anniversary, Brian. 100th anniversary episode, birthday, all wrapped up 100 in the one. 100 episodes under the belt, Brian. How's it feel? I feel like I need like a kazoo or something, or like a, like a noisemakers. Let's take it back. <laughs> hey, Brian, what do you think about doing a podcast? Uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. That was it. <laughs> that was and it. I'm like... Uh, Okay, I really don't know anything about podcasting, but I, I just like them. I like listening to them. But you're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. That's really, I think, probably that's probably the theme of our lives at this point. It, it, listen, whatever is going to happen, guess what? It's going to happen, and they figure say they say foot in the door, right? Mm-hmm. Not whole damn body in the door. You don't need it all. You just need to, you know, take a step and, and make it make it just go a little bit further and make progress, right? I, I think say. that's one of the things that our guest today says, actually. The most important thing is to get your foot in the door and then figure it out. That's right. And that's exactly what he's done his entire life. My, what are we doing? My Long Island boy. I'm so excited. All right. So we got- we Who got, the hell are we? Yeah. No, Who are we? Two Fit Crazies. Yeah. But we got a hundred, our hundredth episode, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Like, what do you do? How do you, how do you get? You bring like, in we get, a super fit crazy, right? To join the party. But how do you do? How do you go about doing this? You're as relentless as you're F. sick, Christine Conti on them. You say here, Christine, this is your assignment, right? And Christine, I'm really good. I'm very good. Oh, no. I'm a really good worker. Like, tell me something, and I'm laser focused. But make me come up on myself. It's wow, you know. Hey. And and let let this be a lesson to people out there. Y- you learn to ask, mm-hmm. right? Ask, and ask. You people. shall receive sometimes. Right. Perhaps not, but in this case, we did, and we've got a big dog on the uh, episode one hundred of Two Fit Crazies and the Microphone Podcast, Mister Jesse Itzler. Y'all hear of uh, Jesse Itzler, everybody? Right. Because if not, now you have. Jesse is uh, author of uh, of Living with a Seal. Living with the monks, yeah, uh, and is the uh, partial owner. He's part owner of the Atlanta Hawks, former rapper. <laughs> That's right. Who uh, who penned that phrase twenty five years ago? That or that song twenty five years ago that we've all got stuck in our head now in the New York City area. Go New York, go New York, go. I know it's twenty five years later. I still sing that song in my head all the time. 
That's, uh, good. That's a good song. He's married to Sarah Blakely, who is the creator of Spanx. She's pretty cool. She's he also um, was the owner of Marquee Jets, which right. was sold um, to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. That was kind of a big deal. But what Jesse does, but in yeah, his the most life, important thing is is he's a freaking awesome human being. That's a it. giving human being, someone that it refuses to live a mundane, sedentary life, and is saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what your past is. Let's build your life resume. And goes on speaking events and and talks to people about. Listen, it's not acceptable to be average. I always say that I'm not here to be average. I'm here to be awesome. And I think he lives that every single damn day, and he walks That's the it. walk. And from his mouth to your ears, he leads with fitness. He leads with taking care of himself. He leads with his own health, and you know, and just and how it it creates a lifestyle for for improvement. How it creates a lifestyle of activity, and how like these things in his life are non negotiable. Right? He's not going to the opera until <laughs> he gets his run in. Right. It, we're all like that. We, if we don't get our run in or, or whatnot, we don't do the things that really energize us and make us alive, then we are miserable people. That's it. it there's no if ands, or buts we've about got, it. We've got to ignite our souls. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, not about making money, right? It's all good. It's good to have. If you do what you love and yeah. you follow your dream, guess what? The money will come. And, uh, you know, we just hope that you guys appreciate this and are uh, as influenced by this man as we are because uh you know i've been a fan for a very long time and uh you know just following on and as you'll hear in, in the show um you know everything that he's doing and um and and we just uh really appreciate him coming on we're forever grateful for that and uh we're so- grateful for making it to 100 episodes and, and 100. it's all you all you listeners that are out there supporting us and and everything happening you know in our lives with oh, fitness and wellness and you know, the podcast, we would not be here without all of you guys supporting us and, and listening and subscribing. And um, we're 100 right now, Brian, but this is just the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, remember when we got to 50 and it was like, what the 50? 50? We did an episode, yeah, what, what the 50? 50? And it was great. And we it was great. Yeah. We just recapped everybody, every all these guests that we come about and all these. Think about this, Christine. Think about the awesome people that have come into our lives. Oh, my gosh. Through this show. Mm-hmm. Right. All and the learned. connections that we've made. I mean, and, and just the way just everything that's happened. And like, that's the stuff. That's like, the, you know, the stories and people's mm-hmm. just telling us about their lives. And it just all of it is just, uh, you know, amazing. So we're forever great. It couldn't happen without the listeners. Uh, it couldn't happen without my friend Joe Cherry, who really got yeah. the ball rolling. Much love, Joe. Uh, and, and, you know, just really helped me out technically wise with the show and all that stuff going mm-hmm. on. It's just like. And you know what, Brian? Couldn't do it without you. Likewise, Christine Conti. And if something happens to you, our marketing material is all I don't screwed. know who the lucky one is here. It might be you and it might be me. I think it's you. It's it, you're this, the lucky one. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought we were like partners here, an equal relationship. But no, you know what? Yep. No, we, you we, are. Well, I am the lucky one. We <laughs> we learn a lot from each I other. Mean, you've as done a well. hundred episodes with me. That's pretty damn lucky. And you've put up with me, Tasmanian <laughs> devil. Oh yes. So, <laughs> when Jesse Itzler tells you that you're you're like, what did you eat for breakfast? You know, it's you know, dude. I, the the, um, the, <laughs> the the energy in this show is is just in this episode is just unmatched so we uh we we don't want to keep you any longer from uh from listening to our 100th episode um but you know we just want to say thank you once again and uh here it is episode 100 
of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast. Subscribe. Cue the music. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Happy 100th episode anniversary. Made it from the bottom. Now we're here. And uh, you know who we're here with today? Yeah. The Jesse Itzler. Welcome. It's three fit crazies today, we Jesse. Got, we got a fit one here, too. Yeah. I didn't know it was an anniversary. Yeah. I didn't know it was an anniversary. I didn't yes. know it was an anniversary. Yes. Yeah, dude. You're it, man. We, Come on. We roll out the uh, the red carpet from here to, where are you now? Atlanta? Are you in uh, New York? Where are you? I'm in Atlanta. Hot in Atlanta. Atlanta. All right. So, Jesse, I got to say this. You, and this is right from the heart, you and I are Long Island bred. I grew up about 25 minutes away from you, and I... It, that's it. I don't get a lot of guests sometimes that, that understand the crazy from growing up on Long Island, jumping on trains to New York City. There's just something in the water that makes us a little bit off. And that what, is what, what is so special. What town? I'm a Babylon girl. Okay. Oh, so you're Suffolk County? Oh, you, sh- I know. <laughs> don't judge me much. That's a whole different, that's a whole different breed. <laughs> I got my friends from Roslyn. I used to play volleyball. I've played, you know, I used to had club practices at Roslyn High School. So, uh, so that was, you know, growing up on Long Island, you know? So I'm, I'm glad another Long Island boy makes it, you know, out of the island and you're living down south. I mean, I, it's almost like, how is that working for you down in Atlanta being from the north? How are you feeling? It's different. <laughs> it's different, Christine. No, I like it a lot. It's a good place to raise kids. I got four little kids. Um, you know, it's it's a lot different. I was in New York for 25 years, yeah. Long Island, growing up, and then I lived in the city. So it's a good change, and I like it down here. And uh, I miss I miss New York. I miss Long Island. I kept the accent. Coffee. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Coffee. Dogs. But, yeah, but I uh, Wawa in the house. <laughs> I have. I feel like I have a. Uh, and this is not any disrespect to anybody in Atlanta, but I think that New Yorkers come with a certain amount, not an edge, but or an advantage, but a little bit different perspective. And I think that's been really helpful for me down here. Of course. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's it's the stuff that they can't teach you in the book, right? You know, it's the street sense. It's a little bit of that, uh, you know, just awareness. You kind of have uh, eyes in the back of your head, you know. Um, it definitely it definitely makes, uh, makes sense. I have still tilted. I still tilted. I love it. I love it. So, all right. So, I know we got a little bit of time with you today. And, Jesse, I want to tell you that one of the things that we did, Brian is, we're recovering is what we call it. 
Um, I was an investment banker, lived in the city, you know, the only city, New York City, and then uh, wound up teaching for 15 years. And I'm a recovering banker and recovering teacher. And Brian, recovering mortgage officer, right? Yeah, mortgage, banker. mortgage banker. And we saw the sales. line in the sand. We know what what the world tells us to do, right? The, the right thing. And um, I'm sure that, you know, your parents, I'm going to ask you this, you know, you don't always do the safe thing. I don't know. I think there's some things in your life that you have always didn't do what was safe and accepted. And, but you did it anyway. And we're kind of like in good company. You're, you know, again, fit crazies are who we are. We do things that other people may be afraid to do or not yet realize that they can do. And, and we left. We pulled the boat close enough to the dock to step off. Um, but people still think we're crazy in what we do and the, the feats, physical, mental. So tell us right now, you are, you know, always considered, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. What is it about doing what is not safe that makes you feel so alive? It's a really good question. First of all, I want whatever you had for breakfast. <laughs> oh, Jesse, I'm like dude, this all the time. Dude, Jess, all the this time. is breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like it's it's always like I am this. on nothing. <laughs> nothing. Drug free, everything free. Bit, the air blew. The air blew towards Babylon. <laughs> when we were I get that air. You got a lot of oxygen. You got a lot more oxygen than I have. Um, I don't know. I just think that, like, I get bored easily. For me personally, I think everybody has their own roadmap or what. May- I think everybody in the world wants the same thing. Every human wants the same thing, and that is they want to feel good. And at the end of the day, I mean, whether it's money, it all comes down to one thing, feeling good. And I feel best when I, when I have challenges, when I make myself proud, when I have to push myself, when I step into the unknown, when I learn something, those are just the things that make me feel, feel the best. And, you know, when you live in routine, not here to preach, but you ask. When you live in routine, the clock goes really fast. It's easy. Routine is easy. And, you know, everybody knows that time goes fast. We hear that time goes fast. You don't need me to tell you that time goes fast. But, like, it's this giant bus ride that we're all on. Like, you get, you're get you born and you get on the bus and the bus keeps moving. And the bus doesn't care if, you're, if, you, if you break your leg, if you're sick, if you're lazy. The bus just keeps moving. The clock keeps ticking. And then one day, the fucking bus stops. And that's it. This is your whole window. This is it. You don't have another window. And when I look at at this, you know, this is important to me. And everything that's happened to me in the past, that's done. So my window now as a 50-year-old guy, the average American lives to be 78. I look at my life in a 30-year span, 50 to 80. And I look at it as like, man, I want to do as much as I can in those years. That's my new scorecard, not the past. And I look at it like, you know, I have this much to do and this much amount of time, mm-hmm. or this much I want to do. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to wake up at 78, 79 and be like, I wish I did this. I don't want to have those kinds of regrets. And that's what motivates me, you know, and to do more. And I'm not one of the, I'm not the kind of person that, you know, uh, I don't wear my marquee jet hat, my old business hat. I don't wear my Zico hat. I don't wear stuff. I check the box and I look for what's next. Mm -hmm. And and for me, it's worked well. 
you know, and it's been it's been just such an unconventional path for you, you know, looking back and 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 it just you know continues you know to be unconventional for you and what you're looking for and all these things that you're doing now and what you're talking to people about like building life's resume. I know that's huge for you right now, uh, and and uh, and everything. And I know that it kind of comes from just listening to your book. Uh, yeah, I listened to it. I didn't read it. You know, it was in the car when I was going. I used but, to be uh, an English teacher. I read all the books. <laughs> Jesse got the books. But living with the monks and you know getting that time in order and. And, and and listening to that and knowing like you just said that lot the, you know the time that's left and how we're going to use it and you know and and like, like just the unconventionalness of it all like the you know the Yankees tickets that I know you bought at that one time because it put you in the right position you know you didn't have any money to do it and, and, and you know, I've heard the stories and the meeting with the with the record execs that you know like you just made up and and you got into the you know the thing kind of like when Christine calls Jesse Itzler and rough calls him out and says get on our podcast you know shit like that is kind of like it's unconventional it's not you know and that's, even your parenting skills I mean that's you living that's living you live life wide open, man. One of the things I appreciate most about you is your uh, Instagram posts where, you know, I see you interacting with your kids. And I'm an unconventional dad. I love water fights. I love all that stuff. I love making a mess. I love, like, just I have three boys, and we get crazy. And, you know, it's just, it's, it, you know, all of it. Um, see, Brian, it, Brian, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. That's not, that's not an unconventional dad to me. That's just being a dad and doing what you, what is fun. What's to fun. You. Exactly. This stuff like conventional versus unconventional, you know, um, follow this playbook and da 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 da. I've never, I've never conformed to that. I've always been like, if I want to have a water fight, if I want to have my son pull my finger, (laughs) if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Like that's just, I don't, I'm not like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, yeah, I don't, I don't operate like that. So I love that you do all that, but I wouldn't say it's unconventional. It's conventional for how you want to parent. I, and that's and that's what I love about it. You know, it's it's um it's just us being us, you know, and, 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 and living um, and not playing by the playbook and, you know, falling in line with all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's like it's what gets you to do things like have, you know, David Goggins come live in your house or, you know, or, or all the stuff that you did. Um, you know, like I just I just love it all, man. I just I'm a really big fan. and I appreciate everything that you're doing to help people. Well, thank you. Thank Spe- you. Thank you. Speaking of. All right. Giver. You are a giver. So our listeners that uh, – they're living under a rock if they don't know who you are. But just let's pretend. And um, there is something about you that you tend to say, all right, you know what? I you, you talked about, hey, let me help this person or help this person. That's what's so amazing. And for our listeners, Brian and I started this podcast not because we were like, hey, we want to make a billion dollars, but hey, that'd be great one day. But you know what? We started because we're like, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that don't have the ability to find out unbiased information to live a better life. Like you're saying, all right, you got to go out and you got to do what you want, what makes you happy. That's what the, the end of the day. So we're talking fitness, nutrition, wellness, inspirational stories. We're bringing people from around the world unbiased information to let them live a better life. So, you know, for us, we're, that's kind of our gift. We're trying to give back. Whereas, you know, you do a lot for, you know, again, you know, wellness and fitness and getting people outside their comfort zone. What do you suggest people do? Like, what is the, what is the secret kick in the ass that you would give to somebody? You know, I don't think there's one there's one piece of advice and I definitely don't have all the answers, but I think for me a pri- the number one thing for me is definitely like health and wellness. 
because even if you had that billion, those billions of dollars, even if you had everything in the world, material things, everything you wanted, you have the yacht, you have an airplane, you own all this real estate, but you know, you're on vacation and you got a sore throat. Right. The only thing you think about is getting rid of your sore throat. None of that stuff matters. And that's just a sore throat. Magnify that. You know, it doesn't mean anything if you don't have health. So that's always been something I've really focused on. And also, like, people say to me, and you guys probably get the same thing, like, well, God, you have so much energy, you know, and wow. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what it's like to, to operate without that. When people are like, oh, you know, today I'm just going to – I don't, I don't even get that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I believe like there are no zero days. Every day is a day of like, I'm in attack mode. And it's so, so the first thing is health. The second thing is Brian mentioned is the importance of taking time for yourself and what I call building your life resume. I think it's so important. If you can't invest 10% of the day, a couple of hours of the day for yourself uh, to do what you like, then I truly believe your life model is broken. And you know, I've been doing this since I'm 21 and it's not, it's easy for people to say like, oh, well, you must have a team and nan- I don't have a team of nannies. I've been doing it since I'm 21 years old. And at 21, I was sleeping on, I slept on 18 different people's couches before I got to where I am now on my journey. And I always carved out time for myself. That could be, and it was cumulative, three hours a day. It could be a 40 minute run in the morning. It could be 15 minutes of sitting in a sauna in the afternoon, it could be reading the paper, it could be doing nothing. But if I were able to take time for myself, I found that I, I was a better employee, I was a better boss, now I'm a better parent, I'm a better husband, because I have no, I don't resent my wife or my boss or my job or my customers for taking away the things that I love to do. So if like my wife said to me, you can't run today, you can't run today, we're going to the opera, I would be like, I'm not going to the opera. I'm not going to the opera. And if I went to the opera, I'd be pissed. Yeah. What am I doing the opera, man? I, I want. I didn't get my run in. But if I run and I take care of the things that are important to me, and it's not selfish, my wife wants to go to the opera. I fucking love the opera. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've done. I can sit through it because I've already carved out time for things that are important to me. Listen, I honestly think that's one of the most important things is being able to take time out of your ridiculously busy schedule. And I feel just as overwhelmed as anybody else. My schedule is busy just like everybody. Mm -hmm. I have kids that have glitches just like everybody. But I still take time during the day to make sure that I'm investing in things that are important to me. And that's part of designing and living a life that you want. I have to work. I got. I have responsibility. I have employees. I I have parents that are getting older. I Everything that everybody else has. But I still have always, since an early age, taken care of, you know, invested in things. And that that's really put a smile on my face. And it helps me deal with obstacles better because, you know, it's and I try to get that done early in the morning. And that's the that's another piece of advice that I would really, really recommend. And then the other thing I would say, you know, like everybody's a different chapter of their life. My life at 21 looks a lot different than my life coming up on 51. But in this chapter of my life, um, and at 21, you got to go to meetings and take meetings you don't want to take and laugh at jokes that aren't funny to get mm-hmm. the deal. You guys, you guys came from that world. You got to sit with people that you might not want to sit with and laugh and laugh and ha ha because you want to get 
an account or this and that. I get it. At 50, I want to do more of the things I like to do with the people I like to do them with. That's it. What's the, what's the number one thing when you go, when you get, when you want advice, you go to people that are older, that have mm-hmm. experience. You go to the, the elders. What's the number one thing that people tell you as they get older that, they, that happens in their life? They I, downsize. I wish I would have. Yeah. All that yeah, stuff. All that stuff. And they say they want a simpler life. They downsize. Like they don't buy a 10,000 square foot home. They sell their home mm-hmm. and they go into another apartment. They want to like really focus on the things that they want to do. And the earliest, the earlier you're able to do that and put more of that on your plate, to me, the better. So I feel very, very lucky at the age of 50 that I've been able to design a life that allows me to do this. And it has nothing to do with money. I mean, look, I just took my son to Mount Washington. We camped outside in the snow. <laughs> it cost $18 to park. Right. It cost $18 to park. I'm just signed up for an ultra marathon. It's $67 fee and a pair of sneakers. You know, I'm not going to Italy and looking at fancy paintings. These are the kind of things that make me feel alive and they don't cost a lot of money. I'm, I love it. It's uh, it's those non-negotiables, man, and and, and getting and, and doing it when you can, right? Like you said, uh, you know, getting up in the morning because that's when it's going to get done, right? Like if I wait for things to get done, or if I wait till later in the day, it's just not going to get done. Anything could come up: the kids, the soccer, the whatever, the you know, the the t ball and all that stuff. And uh, and, you know, it's uh, and, and you did a great job, man. I I got to uh, uh, tip the cap to you on uh, we do hard stuff because you gave that was awesome. That whole world that you created on. Uh, on Facebook with that we do hard stuff um, is giving people 15 minute workouts 10 minute workouts yeah. do it like do it and that community was awesome dude that would that, and it actually inspired me I, I created a community off like not not based on it but similar to that just because I had a group of friends it was you know my Facebook friends was oh, tell them the name tell them the name uh, wait for it dad's what's up like get it Jesse <laughs> dad's what's up dad's, uh-huh. what, dad's what's up it was like you know two to three hundred dads that needed some shit they needed help and they didn't have the it didn't cost anything they, they you know the three things are always here it's too expensive I don't have the time and I don't know where to start so we took care of that like right it was free and uh, you know I, I, I don't have the time well here it's it's gonna be like 10-15 minutes and I don't know where to start well here you're like here it is and that's exactly what you did uh, with that and I mean obviously you turned it into a very ph- philanthropic uh, you know endeavor by uh, by donating some money uh, on the back end of it you know tell got, us about that okay so I mean that was just a great that was like you know that is something that you did and again didn't cost any money Give right her, Brian told you about giving 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 feels good and and gave the people this opportunity to be part of something and to get healthy and I I mean I'm a trainer I'm a personal trainer that writes workouts and designs all this stuff for other people and I found myself in my busy running schedule and all the you know the miles that I'm covering that you know like I just needed some burpees every now and then and I didn't want to do like I just didn't want to think I just went there and I got you know my I was doing the alphabet uh, lineup that you had on uh, on that and it worked um you know that was that was awesome um any uh, thoughts on bringing it back what are your thoughts on that no I think uh you know like most things that have happened to me in my life Brian it wasn't planned I just put this out like I'm doing this challenge and anyone want to join me and we ended up growing this group for those that are listening it was a it was like a work. We posted a workout a day, basically. We picked a charity a month, and anyone who completed the workout challenge for the month, I donated money to the charity. And we ended up donating, you know, I think about a half a million dollars. I don't even remember, but it was amazing to, to multiple different charities, and it was a great community. Um, 
and it started to grow. But, you know, it's like uh, I hit my goals. My goal was to raise a lot of money, raise a lot of awareness and get to 10,000 people in the group. And once that happened, it was time for me to go on to something else. And like where where I felt like my energy, my energy could be would be better suited in, in, in a different lane. I set up a coaching program called Build Your Life Resume. And that's where I spend most of my time now, which is like more, it's a, more of a business. It's almost like a life coaching program. So uh, I don't think I'm going to bring it back, but I got so much out of it. I met so many amazing people and I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad I did it. You know, I started out doing it for a month and ended up having it for over two years. It was great. I got other people involved. I mean, it was just something that was, that was really cool. And, and, uh, and I thought it was great. All right. I know we're pressed for time here. Let's start hammering out some stuff. Hell on the Hill. Talk to us. Hell on the Hill is an event <laughs> that I do in my backyard in Connecticut. I live on an 80, uh, 80 yard, 40, about 37 degree grade uphill. And I had an event. I, I was working out with some friends and part of the workout was we were doing circuits and then we would sprint up the hill and I, we did 10 of them. And I'm like, I think anyone can run up this hill a hundred times. And everyone was like, no way. So that summer, I set up a challenge called Hell on the Hill, 100 times up and down, put a four-hour time limit on it, and had 25 people come. And my wife and I donate the charity for everyone that participates. And now we have 3,000 people on the waiting list. Oh, my gosh. So we limited to 100 people. But that, that, that event has grown. And this is, this is the way business works. At least it works for me. It's like you don't have it all figured out. You have an idea. You start the process. You, you don't wait. You don't use experience as an excuse or wrong. You start the process with having no idea where it's going to go. And that that Hell on the Hill charity event with 25 people in my backyard was the seed of an event now called 29029 where I rent an entire mountain. And uh, you hike up the mountain, take the gondola down, and repeat until you climb the equivalent of Mount Everest. And we've had those, I've had three of those events, two in Stratton and one in Vermont. They've all, they've all sold out. And that we've now created a brand new category of endurance hiking. And it's never existed. And you, you know, it's like, do you have what it takes to climb the equivalent of Everest? And it's a legitimate category in business. And it started from a backyard race. And when you're in business, for anyone that's listening that has, dreams or, or has, an entrepreneur, has the entrepreneurial bug, you start stuff really small. Everyone thinks like you just like, boom, my wife had spanks. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> start it really small and you get the kinks out, you figure it out, you learn, and you dream really big and you scale it really fast. And that's, this is a perfect example. Went from backyard to I'm renting mountains to now I'm like, okay, I got momentum. I got proof of proof of concept. Let's blow it up. Let's make it as big as we can. And, you know, with retaining the integrity and intimacy of the event. And that's, that's how it works. It's like, that's the formula. It's been my formula in everything, you know, no experience in it. Nobody taught me. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. But you figure it out, you get your foot in the door, and then you start to learn and figure it out and see what people want and listen. 
so and incorporate. So I hope he. Does, I hope Jesse that you don't go back and listen to our first couple podcasts <laughs> because they are rough. Figure it out. We did exactly that. We're like, this is the idea. We want to do this to the world. Figure it out. Brian did a lot of YouTubing at the at the onset of this, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. And um, I love the relationship that you have with your wife because you guys have so between the two of you, I always say I go to sleep at night and I just put my hands like this and sleep with my eyes open because I have so many ideas and they're all, they just run through my head. I think I'm like a vampire. Like I don't even sleep. I just think, think, think this, this, this is, I love it. And both of you have so many amazing ideas. Do you sleep or are you like vampire sleeping like Christine at (laughs) night with her eyes open and thinking? I sleep. I sleep. It's not, I have a lot of ideas too. So what I do is I write them down. I just get them out of my head. So Mm -hmm. to free up more energy in my head, just on paper doesn't mean that they're done, but at least I don't have to remember them. And then if they keep resurfacing, I'll pay attention to them. They're probably ideas I should pay attention to. And, um, but I do sleep, but I, I, I'm, I am to be honest, honest with you. I am operating almost at a manic pace. Like I am so, there's so much I want to do. And I feel like so grateful for the opportunity to be here, healthy, knock on wood in this country with um, the ability to just to do all of us, whatever. And I, I feel like that energy runs through me and I just, so I'm, I'm doing everything for my 50th birthday. I hired 50, I made a list of 50 things I always wanted to learn how to do. And like things like wakeboarding, DJing, ballroom dancing, free dot, everything. And I hired 50 coaches to come in and teach me these things one time a week. Like I'm all over the place. (laughs) How's that going, by the way? (laughs) What? How's that going, by the way? It's going unbelievable. I learned how to ride a motorcycle. Listen to this. When I took my first free diving class, I could hold my breath. And I thought, like, I ran 100 miles nonstop. Yeah. I've done crazy endurance events. I'm like, I can hold my breath forever. I held my breath underwater for 32 seconds. <laughs> it's hard. I, oh, I was freaked out about the water, and they're holding me on my head. And I was like, get me up. Mm-hmm. And I was, I could not. And then they did it again. 32 seconds. 32 seconds. And I was like, this is nuts. In two lessons, I went from 32 seconds to over three minutes. Wow. Yeah. So you can you can make amazing gains in things just by learning technique, having confidence, getting over your fears, et cetera, et cetera. And I found that in almost everything that I've learned how to do through this journey of the 50 things that I want to learn. And it's reinvigorated my desire. Like I lost that from when I was a kid to want to learn. When you grow up, you let's say you're a personal trainer. Or you're uh, you're uh, you sell a widget. You become great at selling that widget, an expert in widgets. You know everything about widgets and selling widgets and manufacturing widgets and widgets and advertising widgets. But guess what? That's all you know. Like that's your life. How do I sell more? How do I build this? How do I scale it? And you're almost bottlenecked in that profession. And there's all these other dreams that you want to do, but you're bottlenecked into your damn widget. And you know, and it happened to me. I went into the aviation business and I spent 10 years trying to become an expert in the category, in sales and this and that. And I realized there was a lot of other things that I wanted to do in my life. I actually left that company at the peak 
because there were other things that I wanted to do. And this has really reinvigorated my desire. Talk about building your life resume to do stuff. I always tell people, you go back to your question, Brian, about like what would be one piece of advice? You know, like I don't know, but I always tell people this. Every year, put one thing, really big thing on your calendar. I know we're all caught up in work. We're all caught up in parenting. We have all – so the years just go by and you look back and I was like, Brian, what did you – Christine, what did you do in 2012? You'd be like, uh, I don't know. I can tell you what I did in 2012, 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15. I can tell you what I'm going to do all the way to 2022. I already know what I want to do. You put one thing on your calendar so big that it defines the year. So even if you don't hit a lot of goals, even if you're caught up in your routine and you're going through life like this, you know, just just um, flatlining, you have one thing that you're super proud of that challenged you, that made you prepare, train, say no to other stuff, put some pressure on your shoulders. That's That one thing makes the whole year amazing. So that's something that I try to do every year. And that's something I would highly recommend. There's an old Japanese ritual called the misogi. And the notion around the misogi is you do something so hard one time a year that the benefit lasts the entire 364 days, you know, other days of the year. So like, what is that one thing you're going to do? What is that one thing you always wanted to do? It doesn't have to be physical. But what is that, what is that one thing that you look back and someone say, hey, Brian, Christine, man, what did you guys do this year? I did this. And they're like, what? Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. So do 30 of those over the next 30 years. You're going to have a decent resume. I came into the studio today and uh, this morning I got up and I was looking at something on social media and the video popped up coming through Ironman last year. I did that and I didn't know how to swim. And my swim coach, Jesse, was my 10-year-old son who's like a phenomenal swimmer. I don't know where he gets it from. I had like the fear of the water. I came out of that water, literally looked like I won the gold freaking medal. Like I could have just not even done the rest of the race. I'm like, <laughs> um, but it came up this morning. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I did that. Dude, you, you, did you know, that. and it's like, it's that one thing that people are like, why would you do that? I'm like, why wouldn't I do that? It's, it scares me more than anything. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And then I understand that that's hard for a lot of people to do, but I think it's really important to do things that make you proud of yourself. And it doesn't, you don't have to climb out Everest. You don't have to sell, have an exit of a company for a billion dollars. They could be small things. They could be daily things. If you're stuck, if you're in a rut, the best thing you could do is to create momentum, is to get small wins. And that could be make your bed, go for a run, to put check something off of your to-do list. Any daily win that creates momentum, because if you don't, you start to spiral. And, you, and then once you're in that downward tick, it's just really hard to get out of it. So, you know, it, those big Masogi-type moments, like you learning how to swim and crossing the finish line, you, that's a life thing. It'll never, you can always pull that out. You'll have it forever. No one can take it away from you. You can always tap into that when you need to go a little further or do a little more because you've already kind of made yourself proud. But if you don't, if you don't have a big moment like that, you take the small daily wins. You know, I already, my, it's 11 o'clock. Or is it 12 o'clock? I, I, have, I have to leave in a minute because I have a call. But <laughs> that's, that's this thing, right? Yeah, right. yeah I know. It happened. <laughs> I I woke up and I got my run in. I took my kids to school. I made them breakfast. 
I knocked off three things that I had to do for my parents that were on my to-do list. Like it was a good day. And then, and then nine o'clock comes, boom, I'm in my routine, but I already have momentum going into the day, you know? And I think that's really, really important. That stuff that I just said, that was mapped out the night before. My day started yesterday Mm -hmm. when I mapped out, like I don't wing, I'm not like winging it when I wake up, like, oh, what am I going to do? This is my board. My day's planned. It's all planned out. I know like 1215, I'm saying I got to jump on a call. It's already, it's laid out. So it's super efficient. And at at this stage of our life, all of us, we're not 18 years old anymore. Like we have to work on, on operating efficiently, especially if we have kids efficiently and saying no to the things that aren't helping us and focusing on the things that, that move the most important needles. We may be related because my office also (laughs) looks like a beautiful mind. Where there's things all over, and it's just like, this is everything I'm doing, and it makes me feel so good. Love Christine, it. let's share a therapist. Seriously, <laughs> like we may be we may be related, Jesse. I'm not really sure about this right now, but and it all it, it gets done, right? All this stuff's getting done. On your, on your board, does this at four o'clock? Does it say jump into a 42 degree cold plunge? Uh, no, but I get some pretty crazy shit on my board as make, well. We can make that yeah. happen. We can. All right. <laughs> we may need to like, we may need to, to, to see some of these things to cross off, you know, challenge accepted. <laughs> oh man. Listen, I know we got to go here. We appreciate this so much. This was fantastic. You gave everybody something to hear. You know, it's just like, we're going to take this and, uh, you know, you gave us momentum, uh, you know, for sure. And you gave everybody, uh, you know, a little nugget into your world, uh, which is fantastic. Jesse, our kids, by the way, our boys were so pumped to, that we would somehow be talking to you that it was almost like they were like, mom, mom, did you, did you talk to, did you, did, and I'm like, not yet, sweetheart, not yet. Can you tell him hi for us? <laughs> so, dude, I hi got, on behalf of our kids. I got a six. They love you. I got a six-year-old basketball savant. He's insane. It's like <laughs> he's laying out his card. He was laying out his Funny. cards this morning because, like, you know, his guys get eliminated, and he and he knew that the Spurs forced Game Seven, and you know, he's got his cards all laid out because he places his cards in the you know in the bracket for NBA playoffs, and like once they go, they go in the other box like if they're gone and it's crazy and i told him that we're that we're coming on and uh he wants to know he went down the whole lineup he's like you know he's he's got it he's got it going on he loves send me, yeah. brian send me your address i'll send you some i'll send him some hawk gear we got to get him outfitted properly dude <laughs> you bet dude it's done it's done and he loves we're, we're all vince carter fans too so we want we want that going on right, yeah, go. yeah 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 oh man all right well listen man uh, we'll, we'll cut you loose here we appreciate it greatly uh you know no no bullshit you're uh, the this best was, uh, and you know what awesome. jesse you haven't seen the end of uh brian and christine and the two fit crazies in a microphone so the way the i'm way- relentless so just to let you know dude relentless Glad to have met you guys, and I'm proud and honored to be the 100. 100 is my favorite number, and uh, I'm proud to be on the 100. 100. I'll I'll come back when you guys do uh, 1,100. 1,100. Done. God, we got to get on it. Let's get on it. Listen, real quick, we're gonna invite ourselves to something here. The way I see it, you can't have hell on a hill or any of these Everest things without two fit crazies. So uh, (laughs) let's let's make make it happen. Let's make it happen. All right, Jess. All right. Well, with that said, thank you so very much. And uh, thank you. Good luck with everything. You too. You're the best. Thank you. Bye bye. 
Bye. And with that said, it is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.